Good evening. Welcome to the Super Coach Champions podcast. You're here with Guy, coach of Munsters Inc. And with me, as always, is Wilfred. How are you going, mate? Good, thanks. A uh, bit deflated after a pretty rough week. Uh, in such a high-scoring week, unfortunately, my, I only scored 13.47, which is not the worst, but you know, it could have been better. And um, as always, you know, I'm slowly sliding backwards, which is really deflating. So I'm out to 2,221st despite scoring 13.47, which is just blows my mind but i mean yeah my, my goal of top 500 that's that's a pipe dream now i'm 327 points off from that but still 192 points to top 1000 i'm still i'm still thinking that's a that's a possibility so i'm not giving up on that one yet how'd you go this week yeah mate i um i got 1324 and I, I dropped as well i've gone back to 436 so i'm still sitting in that top 500 but um, 262 points from top 100. I think that's a little bit too far. So hopefully I'll be able to finish up in that top 500. But I, I did do a, a, pulled off a little cute move. I ended up vice captaining Turbo and um, I, I got rid of um, Simo from Canberra to put in Crichton because Simo was probably going to be my only really bad AE. And um, I ended up playing Jazz over Crichton. Oh jeez, so, oh, <laughs> yeah. So that's a big ouch, but um, no, I just it, it's not been too bad. Like it, it's a good year. Hopefully, you can climb back up into the top thousand. I think that's a pretty good finish to the year if you can get inside there. Yeah, and for for you to be, you know, obviously you've got a lot going on um, outside of Supercoach with with the um, new bubble in the way and obviously the the house and everything like that. So for you to still find time to obviously do this and to to do everything else you've got going on, like, yeah, you're having a great season to back up the win from last year. Not as good as you hoped, but, I mean, you can only do what you can do, right? Yeah, that's true. Look, let's... I was going to talk about the, the battle of the, of the Wednesday podcast, but I don't even know if we can describe it as a battle anymore. I mean... You know, you and I didn't have the best round. Uh, when and outscored us both. Uh, he was just a shade under 1,400 this week. But, I mean, apparently, uh, I don't actually know what JT ended up scoring, but it's apparently in the 1,100s, so that's that's not great. I heard he captained Michael Morgan, and, yeah, look, I think the they pretty much waved the right with the white flag. They wouldn't even tell me what their total score, point score was this week. So, I mean, I think that's, a, that's pretty much a stake for us, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, you'd you'd think so. Well, that, that's uh, I mean, it'd be tough to. I get JT's probably chasing points like um, I've I've been guilty of for a little bit as well. But um, yeah, come on, boys. Captain Michael Morgan's. Uh, I think we got a question on that. Like, do do we think um, JT's on tilt? Like, has he lost a plot? Was one of the questions that came <laughs> this week. <laughs> Well, well, I, I don't know, and 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 you know, to be fair, I think he's. I've heard he's he's doing quite well at work, and he's gotten a, a nice promotion recently. So maybe yeah, just just like you've had some struggles because you've been busy with real life. Let's just um, for 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 the sake of his dignity and 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 his pride as a super coach, let's just get, chalk it up to that that he's just been busy with work and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's easy to see how um, it can take over. Like, like, and I did. I explained that earlier in the season. Like a lot of a lot of winning super coach comes down to luck. But if you don't have the time to um, put in, then I, I don't really like your chances of being able to win it. Yeah, you got to watch the footy. You got to understand what's going on on the field because surely anyone who's watching the games, you're not captaining Michael Morgan, right? <laughs> yeah, no, probably not. Um, anyway, enough of giving it to JT. Um, we'll just. A uh, quick shout out to Patrick, who's the coach of Concrete Hands. Um, good on him. He went up two spots to 14th overall, so just four spots out of that top 10. I think he's still in contention, so um, hopefully he can go and get that cash. Yeah, so well done to Patrick, and, and definitely um, looking forward to seeing you sneak into the top 10 by the end of the round. So I, I was lucky enough to have a bit of a chat to to one of the former winners, uh, another one of the champions who's been on this year. So this is David Ronkotzi or, or VK. So we'll just cut to that now. All right. So I'm really lucky to be joined by an absolute legend. I've got David Ronkotzi, that's VK, Velociraptors, uh, joining me for a bit of a chat. So how you going, mate? 
Going great, mate. It's exciting times. How are you? Busy as always, but I'm kind of hanging out for the end of the season. And I'm not even in, in anywhere near to to figuring for the overall prize this year. So I don't know if you remember back when you were right up the top in your last couple of weeks, how, how that felt. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I don't uh, I sort of I don't really envy old Dez and, and Walson and, and even Jordan and then um, you know, the rest of those sort of guys and girls in the mix there, because, uh, of course, we see coming in fourth is Dash Dash. I don't know what's going on there. That uh, that reeks of a wife's team or something like that. I'm not sure. So, But, um, yeah, it's exciting times for them, and um, and everyone's sort of, you know, still in their uh, cash leagues and stuff like that. I know what you mean. i am uh, sort of had enough of just analysing stats the whole time and uh, definitely got the fancy dress, dress outfit ready to go for Mad Monday. It's funny how we've lost a week, you know, now, now we're down to 25 rounds, down to 26, yet it feels like it's, the season just feels longer for some reason. I don't know what it is. Uh, it does. When you get sort of frothers like ourselves that are, uh, you know, pretty much early in the new year, probably a bit earlier if we're, if, if we're honest, you know, we're starting to look at a few different options and, you know, scale the, the, the pre-season rosters and see, you know, if there's any pods or, or which way we're going to go and, you know, there's definitely enough Supercoach platforms around to, uh, to, to to get it on nice and early, that's for sure, right? Eh? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, back when we were first starting out, there certainly wasn't very much information. We were pretty much relying on what Tommy Sankster and the rest of the team at the Daily Telegraph back then, what they were putting out. Remember, I got most of my, my Supercoach advice from his uh, team's analysis and the the buy sell hold article he used to put out now he's got videos going and podcasts and it's a whole new world now and isn't it oh it sure is and uh you know they've got a lot of uh as well as uh sanger a lot of other sort of reporters you know in the know there tim williams rob sunderland just to name a few they those boys know their footy and um yeah they bring a lot of good things to the table that's for sure and then you've got these high profile you know, male model kind of uh, types who go on to Countdown Show. Uh, yeah, Phil's of... joined us this year, which is great. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> and, and of course, um... we've got we've got the the highest profile, uh, Trent Copeland, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Look, there's something uh, pretty special about having a baggy green, and uh, you know, he, he he loves his super coach, and just just listening to him talk about the boys in his New South Wales team, you know, one of his mates there is coming in sixth now, so. They're absolutely all over it, those boys, and it's good to hear. There must be something about it, um, you know, being obviously an elite sportsman uh, or sportswoman, and you've got that competitive edge, and, and it just drives you to do really well in whatever you whatever you choose to to, to engage in. So it's it's incredible to come six while obviously you know having a successful sporting career. That's quite an effort. <laughs> Yeah, and apparently he's just giving it to Cobes, telling him he should have the spot on the show and everything like that, and deservedly so. That's fair. I mean, Cobes is travelling pretty well himself. It's not like he's he's uh, having a shocking season or anything like that. So, no, of but speaking course. of which, I mean, let, let's have a chat. Um, go, let let's go back to 2014. It's uh, I guess it would have been round 24 for you. Three rounds left. Uh, do you remember where you were at? At that time, were you were you in the lead or were you second? No, I um I was I was lucky enough to to take the lead after round eighteen and yep. and I held it. Um, I had a couple of hundred lead after that final um buy round. Sorry, the round after the buy round, so round eighteen, then held that, and then it was around about this time with three rounds to go that it was just starting to dwindle. It was a, as I said, it was a couple of hundred, but um. Uh, we had guys like uh, Barnsey, who does the All-Stars podcast. He was in the top 10 that year. And then um, the guy coming hot in my heels, Justin, he was coaching with Team Smith, uh, quite a good fellow, and, you know, he's gone quite well ever since then. He was sort of he was sort of really catching me, and Maloney went on a bit of a run, and um, he had Maloney, and I didn't, but I had you know that that wild card that is Sean Johnson, and um, <laughs> you know he- heading into this round, I was uh, I was very nervous. Um, but then it was the the next round, the second last round, where um, yeah, the Warriors did the Titans forty two nil, and 
SJ went berserk, and that sort of I ended up getting a thirteen eighty one that week, and that stretched my league back to the two hundred and sort of twenty six point mark, heading into the last round. So um, I was I was lucky in the sense, like yourself, you had a quite a pretty handy lead coming into that last round. As lo- I knew, as long as I could uh, get my captain up and get get reasonably, you know, get a reasonable score there. Um, that I, I was looking good. All right. So, I mean, I think the way you, you talk about the, the teams around you, that you can actually remember the key players who came through for you and, you know, the players that were threatening your lead and, and obviously, you know, performing really well for your chases. I think that kind of speaks to how how much pressure and how much stress and how much you, you really were thinking about Supercoach at the time. Would you agree that, like, it, it kind of, you know, through those last few weeks, it kind of almost consumes your thoughts a lot of the time. Wilf, until that last round, and I'm sure you'll back me up here, Super Gage goes from being one of the most enjoyable things you do. It just was not fun. I, you know, I'm just there. I'm riding every game. I'm stalking every team. You could do a whole lot more stalking back then, um, you know, and work out what what when they were, how they were using their trades and everything like that. I even had an agreement, you know, with the, with the last five weeks where, with my footy coach. So I would, uh, I'd have triple M going on some headphones and running in the back line. Lucky I was only on the wing, so I didn't do much anyway, but (laughs) I was in there just listening to the commentators on triple M just in case someone went down, you know, uh, injured in the warm up or something like that. So, oh man, it's next level. That's for sure. Yeah, and I think um, similar to to what you said, like so, I did have a bit of a lead, uh, but like you, like you, it also dwindled. Um, and I've spoken about, but there was one round in particular I remember very clearly. Round 22, 2016, I lost a couple hundred points in my lead in one go because I just had an absolute shocker of a round. I benched two popular players. You know, I, I basically got too cute. I was trying to trying to sneak a. a a bit of a lead up again. I benched two popular players and Nathan Cleary and uh, and and Bryce Cartwright, who were real guns that round. Um, yeah, they both went 120, and I've I've benched them, and everyone's around me has played them, and I'm just sitting there physically sick. I feel like I'm going to vomit watching this unfold. I had to turn the TV off, <laughs> and I just I, I I couldn't bring myself to check the scores until the next morning. So it definitely gets to you when when you're at that top. Uh, so. You know, I can fa- I can very strongly empathise with how Des must have been feeling. You know, as he's, you know, he was cruising along with the two three hundred point lead, and I guess now it's I think it's sixty four points. He's managed to peg it back a little, but even last week he was down to you know thirty forty points. So, it's it, it changes you. Hey, it's it's oh, a feeling I, that you can't sure really describe. But look, I remember, um, you know, I'm. So 2014, it's five years ago now. That's a long time ago. And I remember if your uh, captain got triple figures, it was just an absolute, you know, it's, it's a, a gift from above. It was amazing. And now you've got blokes just knocking out hundreds. So to give you an example, my brother-in-law, younger bloke, only been playing for a few years, blew up a couple, of, I think it was last year because his captain only got, 60 or 70 and i said you disgust me <laughs> you know <laughs> that's how it used to be you used to be happy with that and now that we're just spoiled with you know the tempos of the world just uh going berserk so um where i'm going with that is it's just you know these guys at the top now there's there's, there's 1500 scores and and 1400 scores coming all over the shop there's just a much bigger swing eh it's incredible and and you know you 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 talk about nailing your captain, like you said back in the day when we when we hit a hundred plus of our captain, we we'll, we thought we were nailing it, you know. Now nailing your captain means you you hit Tommy Tober's one hundred and fifty something point score, or or Teddy's one hundred and fifty five a couple of weeks ago. If your captain only scores one hundred and twenty, you're not that, you know, you're almost upset that they didn't get another try assist or a try or whatever to to knock you over to uh, you know one hundred and fifty marks. So it's incredible. It's a, definitely been a, a super high scoring year. Um, yeah. And it's a fair, fair bit different, obviously, what what even Guy went through last year. But look, I, I guess you know, as you said, so you, you're very much relying on Sean Johnson carrying you to the to the to the crown um, up against James Maloney, who obviously, you know, back then was was 
killing it for the roosters, uh, carrying them to to your. Uh, that must have been difficult for you. Obviously, you're you're a rabid roosters fan, um, trying to root <laughs> against someone who plays for your own club. You should. Have. So it was uh, round twenty six. They were playing the uh, the buddies, and um, I'm uh, not sure if it was for the minor premiership or something like that. But it was round twenty six. And he did a try assist. The Roosters scored, and I was absolutely filthy. And my mum just looked at me and didn't know how to react. You know, and so talk about <laughs> talk about selling your soul. <laughs> oh, that's difficult. That's difficult. Uh, and and I think it's for me like that's somehow why I've always ended up with you know a couple more Broncos that I probably should have in my Supercoach team because yeah. I just find it so hard to cheer against my own players. <laughs> Oh, exactly, exactly. But that's where it is, you know. You've got to go head over heart when it comes to Supercoach because at the end of the day, it is about the numbers. It's about the points scored. And then sometimes you've got to, you, you've got to you know, go against the, what the heart wants. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, I mean, did you, did you have any, you know, did you do anything crazy, like try anything out of the ordinary or out, out from left field? In, in an attempt to kind of bump your lead back up or did you just kind of keep trusting the process that you've been going through all season? Well, from about the round 21 to about round 23, it must be something about those rounds, eh? Because like you, that's when I sort of tried to get a little bit cute and then I was sort of starting to get caught. But um, I was, uh, I just sort of thought from about, from then onwards, okay, they've got to catch me. They're the ones that have got to sort of, They've got to take the risks. So as we said, I don't think you'd get away with it these days because there's just so many different Supercoach info platforms out there and forums and everything. But I was actually allowed to keep my last trade pretty secret. Like I remember looking on SC Talk and uh, going, oh, he must he's all out of trades, he's out of trades. But I, I had one up my sleeve. And um, what I did was I didn't really have to, you know, do anything sort of drastic as I said, you could do a lot more stalking of the other teams then. And I knew the bigger sort of uh, point of difference that the second guy coming, Justin had in second place was that I thought the biggest danger was Robbie Farah. So I had the absolute luxury of on that final week, just taking away one of his sort of, you know, uh, major assets there. And I think he ended up having to play Tepa Maroa to sort of t- to try and reel it in. And um, so, as I said, he had to sort of make all the sort of uh, take all the chances there. Jeez, there's a, there's a name I'd never have expected to hear uh, as, as someone's, you know, pod to try catch the overall winner in the final yeah. week. <laughs> I, I, I totally get what you mean because I think for me, like, I... I you know, I, I had squirreled away two trades for, and I'd held on to them for about five rounds, four rounds. And I think, you know, looking around like you did, uh, a lot of people um, had assumed I was out of trades as of round 22 because, you know, that's when I stopped trading. Um, and, and then, yeah, like for, for several rounds, I did nothing. My team didn't change, but I, I kind of just waited and waited. And then I got to a point where I was like, no, nope, I've got to, I've got to pull the trigger. So I think in the second last round or something, I, I traded, used my last two trades, cancelled out two of the pods of the guys chasing me. And that was, yeah, it, it, you know, I comfortably cruised to the win in the end. And um, yeah. just like you, uh, I guess it's a little bit different because the guy who was coming second and was chasing me really well, um, you know, my, in 2016, that was the first year where you got actually got runners up prizes. So, um, obviously, it was it was brutal for yourself if if in your year second place got nothing, um, and obviously you you walked away with a nice cash prize and and the the coveted title. Um, for my year, uh, people you know still got five grand for coming second and and third to tenth place got a thousand dollars. So second made some really ballsy moves in the final round to try and catch me, you know bench Cardi, bench Trent Marin, someone like that. And I think he played Bevan French, who actually won 110 points or something like that, uh, yeah. and did quite well. But then he, he rolled out some other spud, and, and that actually ended up losing him second place. Dropped down to, uh, yeah, it, it was pretty bad in the end for them. So it's a, it's, a, it's a fine line between obviously going all out and obviously, you know, for, for second, third or whatever, they've got to consider, well, do I push as hard as I can for the, for the overall spot or 
and, and risk potentially losing my you know top 10 finish or even second place finish or do I just content myself with you know be content with you know getting a little bit of cash out of this season as opposed to um you know obviously not missing out on uh, not being able to get, to walk away with the um you know to, to with the big prize yeah, so it's a different, yeah, different, different situation now isn't it yeah, but yeah, 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 absolutely spot on there. Um, uh, so it was your season, and I think was it Sam's season as well that the, the the guy coming second was miles ahead of third, but he just had that much of a crack trying to sort of catch him that he, he only sort of came ahead of third by a couple of points. And I think, you know, it's a big difference from five k to one k, and uh, and I think that's um. We've still got a few more rounds to sort of to sort of see how the scoring pans out. But I think if you're coming second, you know you've got to by then you'll have a fair idea um, of the the squads that that first has. And if you're not going to catch them, I just think it's you know playing a straight bat because, um, as you said, you've got third up to tenth. They're then just dropping the hammer, having a crack to try and steal that five k. So yeah, it, it's a different game, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, having said that, like, how often do you end up in the top 10 uh, per season? Like, there's not many super co- super coaches out there who can consistently hit that mark. I, I do know of a couple who have had multiple top 10 finishes. I think um, Bear and I spoke about one of them. Uh, that would be Switch, um, who's, an, who's an old hand and who's been around for a long time. But yeah, multiple top 10 finishes, which is really impressive. Um, and then I think um, you've also got Black Bronx, who consistently seems to hit the top 100. So, th- uh, I mean, those who've been playing for many years and, and or, or been around the Supercoach Talk website will know um, of those names. But, yeah, they're, yeah. they're really seasoned campaigners who multiple top 10 finishes, top 100 finishes, just consistently up there and have a lot of respect for their Supercoach game. Oh look, absolutely, especially someone like you, you mentioned Switch. You know, it's it's a once in a lifetime thing to be in the top ten, but to hit it twice is just uh, insane. You know, it's obviously a very good formula and that they're working with, and it's um yeah, it, it's great to hear. You, you, they're the type of people that honestly need to be in more position, giving people advice, in, in my opinion, because. Uh, you know, I had a dream season in fourteen and okay in fifteen, but you know, since then, Jeez. you know, I've followed Don't the exact same. Don't say yourself sort. No, I've followed the exact same path. Very well. but it's just, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's just like I followed the exact same path, same tactics, and when you hear people hitting two top tens, I just think it's fantastic. And I know that those are consistent, um, you know, players that go around and that are up there. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. So look, maybe the last thing to finish up with, do you have any advice for for, for old Des in number one and, and maybe Walson in number two? Uh, not not to play favourites, obviously. Um, so maybe if you could offer a piece of advice to each of them or, or maybe even like a, a bit for third, fourth and fifth place, like what would you say? Okay. So... <laughs> I'm put All right. To, no, no. To, to the first two fellas... Uh, actually, sorry. To the first ten... But especially like the the top three, the best advice I got round about this time was to bloody enjoy myself. Like I'm <laughs> telling you, like it's it's sometimes it's a bit easier said than done. But looking back, you're like this is a once in a lifetime position where you're going to be. And one of my mates just said, try and actually enjoy the games and enjoy this position of being where you are. So um, you know, enjoy it and and do something special that last weekend, regardless of what happens. Get your mates, get your family around. You know, it's it's just a great weekend to be in, involved in that last one. And um, I usually sort of say, like I always say, anyone that asks, take listen to all the sort of advice that you get given, and then sort of choose. Like just read everything and then sort of choose what's right for you. But I think probably in your positions now, uh, boys, you've played the perfect year yourself. Uh, um, I would take probably a little advice from a very small amount of people that you sort of really trust, their opinions. And then at the end of the day, you've just got to go what you think. There would be no bigger regret than leaving behind a hunch that you had 
you know, following what other people said. So I think that's the biggest sort of advice that I, that I can give. And look, I'm also hearing snippets around the track and, you know, that um, you boys are a little bit open as to <laughs> who you're playing and captaining and stuff like that. I, I would be absolutely tight-lipped from here on in. You boys can meet up and have a beer after whatever, but right now... Loose lips, sing ships. I would just be keeping really quiet about everything there. That's uh, a bit of wisdom from uh, old Jared Hand there as well, isn't it? <laughs> Loose lips, sing ships. <laughs> but no, I, I, look, it's spot on. I mean, you, you're effectively playing head to head up the top there, and you, you you pretty much know what the other person's team's like. And if you're in a head to head comp, you're not telling your opponent who you're captaining. Of course, you, you, you're playing games with them, right? You're um, changing captains. You're swapping your reserves. You're you're putting you know, non-players on the field. You're not picking reserves. Like that's the that's the shenanigans you get up to when you're playing head to head. So, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I think that's really critical. Be really selective about um, you know what you're sharing at the moment. I mean, when the when the rounds finish, sure, look, that's that's fine. But uh, especially like if if you're telling if if you if other people are finding out mid round who you who who you've captained or what your what your score is on and uh, you know however many points you how many players you've got left and all that you know people can adjust strategies mid 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 round if um, they're having a great round and you're having a shocker uh, they might you know they might have been willing to to settle for a safe captain but they might think well I'm just going to swing for the fences and captain someone risky and that might pay off for them and and they they get, they hit 150 plus captaincy score and, and that could you know have a massive effect um with, oh, with Wilf, i couldn't agree there. with you more couldn't agree with you all where you and i might be uh you know would treat it as a game of super coach survivor you know uh maybe throw out the bait keep a little you know <laughs> but at the end of the day it's their race to run but that's the the main thing that i can sort of just say make it your race don't you know don't be swayed by someone else go go with what you think is right so it's just 100% on you and you, you know you're not leaving that behind at the end of the season yeah i mean i think that's universal advice like you see all the people blaming you know say obviously tom sachs is the easy target but they blame him for giving what they think is bad advice i mean bear and i spoke earlier in the season like take their advice think about how it fits into the context of your own team you know it's not blanket advice that can apply to every single super coach uh, and you know obviously people don't get up to the pointy end without being smart and, and considering the, the the advice they receive and making their own decisions but uh, i do definitely agree with you like you'll have no more regret than just to you know take advice from someone and you know to go against your own gut and think i'm just going to listen to this person and if that backfires and your the the, the gut, what your gut was telling you um you know <laughs> ends up being the right choice you would you know, you'll have massive regrets. So absolutely agree with where you're coming from there. Yeah. Anyway, mate, look, thank you so much for coming on and having a chat to me. Um, I think it's, you've given us some really great insight and, uh, and into your own season, obviously, and given some really great advice to, to the, to the guys up the top end. So good luck for your last couple of weeks. I think you're still in contention of, for another top 1000 finish. Yeah, look, 1,600th at the moment. I've been yo-yoing between 1,100 and 1,800 since round 16. Jeez. But, um, yeah, that, that infamous weekend three weeks ago where I chose the captain that scored 100 points less than the other captain has uh, is, is just destroyed me. But still about 120 points out of uh, the top 1,000. But, oh, geez, it's tight. And, uh, yeah. I'm just uh, looking forward to that and uh, head-to-head leagues coming up, finals. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, mate, and we'll catch up with you soon, no doubt. All right. Catch you later. All right. So it was really good to hear. Uh, have a chat to VK. Um, he, he's obviously always a good value for a bit of a laugh and, and to, to offer some quality insight and advice. But look, one of the champions in our Discord actually suggested that we'd start talking about this, and, and that's to actually talk about the champion of the round. Uh, one player each week that we thought uh, really stood out, uh, not necessarily for Supercoach, but, I mean, obviously can be for Supercoach. Uh, maybe they had a really tough matchup. Maybe they had you know, a really good game in spite of that. So 
I'll start off by talking about Josh Papali. Obviously, he had a really tough game against this, the Melbourne Storm, uh, yet he's managed to score the match-winning try, scored 83 points, and he's just been an absolute tear with a five-round average uh, of 77 and a three-round average of 81. So he's been a really good pod, uh, and I just thought, yeah, that that kind of deserves a bit of highlighting there. And if if you're scrambling to replace uh, a Tavita Pangai or Andrew Fafida or someone like that, I mean, you can't, you know, he's a genuine option to, to look at for the last couple of rounds if you're looking for someone in that front row forward position. Uh, who, who's your champion of the round, mate? Uh, mate, I'm actually looking at, at the Knights, and I get they only played the Cowboys, so the competition wasn't as good as the Storm. But um, Mitchell Barnett put in a nice little game, if you were watching it. He went over 32 tackles. And he also had 17 points in hit-ups. So that, that not too bad base, but he looked to be back at uh, really run it, uh, attacking the line well. So he got a try and a try assist. But um, if you look back at his stats too, he's sitting on a three-round average of 80, just a tick under 81, and a five-round average of 68, and he, which only 68.8, so just under 69. So... He's been a bit under the radar. I haven't heard too many people talk about him, probably because the um, Knights have been playing pretty poorly. But he's going not too bad. I actually like him as a footy player too, but he hasn't really kicked on to the potential that he's shown. But hopefully he'll hit it one day, and I think he could be a good option in the future again. Yeah, and look, I mean, with Mitchell Pearce obviously having his best game in, in quite a while, for Supercoach at least, I mean, it wasn't perfect on the field either. But, I mean, Tigers this week, Titans next week, that's not a bad run. No, um, good. Um, so it could be a bit of a sneaky pod play there as well. Uh, so, look, let's let's start talking about some of the players. Uh, There's obviously a lot of chat right now about Jason Tamalolo, you know, out last week of what was an undisclosed injury, a bit of further digging around seemed to reveal that it was a foot injury, um, but no prognosis. Named in the number 18 jersey this week. What's your thoughts? Is he going to be back at all? Is he going to be, you know, is he out for the season? What are you doing with Jason Tomololo? Well, I've I've got to hold him now because I'm out of trades. But um, so the three rounds, I think, I think that the Cowboys are done, aren't they? So... I, I can't see them running running him out just to build him up a, a bit more. So, although naming him in eighteen, if they were going to pull him for the season, you'd think they'd just leave him out. But so he might he might sneak back in there eventually. But they're going to limit his minutes, and the Cowboys are packed it in. So there's a fair chance I might be sitting him for the rest of the season. So even if he runs out this week, you might still keep him on the pine regardless. Oh, possibly. I um yeah, I've I've just got a few other guys I think who are in a bit better form at the moment too. So they're playing a few more minutes and while they're not as destructive as him, they're still in the hunt for the for a top eight spot. So they're they're still putting in effort. It it just looks like the Cowboys are packed it in. Yeah. I mean look, I, I agree that, you know, their season's pretty much done. But I feel like if he's gonna play this week, he's at home. Uh he'll he'll turn up for his home crowd. And I'm confident of that. Uh, whether he gets played his normal minutes, or whatever, I still think if he's, you know, able to play, I think I'm still going to put him on the field. But yeah, if you had trades, would you trade him out? Yeah, pr- probably for Barnett. <laughs> Fair call. <laughs> Not a bad move. Um, but look, so basically, with three rounds left, um, obviously he's very highly owned. People are trading him out. I think last check, there's about two thousand teams have already traded him out. Uh, look, I don't hate the move, obviously, 611,600, so worth a fair bit of coin. Um, you might be able to find someone who's getting better minutes and, and obviously better scores uh, or actually, is actually going to play. Uh, and you can, I mean, the, the benefit is that he plays in the second game this week, so you know nice and early um, if he doesn't get named and, and you can obviously adjust and, and trade him to somebody from the last six games of the round or even in maybe you could trade him to a James Fisher-Harris potentially if you wanted to. So look, I think trading Matt's a genuine option. Obviously, if you've only got one trade left or like me, um, I'm probably just going to sit him and hold him. And if he does play, I'll probably still put him in my 17 just because of the points potential that he's got there. 
All right, next player is Jake Trevojevic. Uh, how disappointing has he been this season? <laughs> oh, mate, he, he's. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he's fallen off a cliff because his footy's still good, but he's just missing all those attacking stats that he used to come across so easily. So yeah, he's underperformed, and a few others have underperformed. So yeah, it hasn't been great. Yeah, I don't even think he's in the top ten of the overall scorers anymore. So. Yeah, well, you're right. So he's currently sitting 17th on the overall points for the season. Uh, he's played 20, 20 games, so it's not like he's missed too many. Uh, that's the same number of games as Damien Cook, who's obviously sitting second. You spot on, obviously, all the attacking stats are missing, and he keeps getting early showers. It's obviously quite disappointing. He's also not running the ball as much, doing a lot of passing, still makes a, boat, a boatload of tackles. Uh, and he, like you said, he's still on the field. He's still playing good footy, but... For Supercoach. I mean, do you think it's Des Hasler? Do you think it's something else? I think Des does like those if he's got forwards who are able to pass. He does like that, trying to get get some defenders drawn into the middle so he can create some attack out wide. But um, I don't know. It, just, it doesn't seem to be working. And he's he's just got so many good attacking players there with um, Fainu and Cherry Evans and uh, Turbo. I don't think he needs to mess around with it. Like, I get that he, he, he could be a good ball-playing lock, but he's, to to do that, he's running too far up, up the middle. He needs to get out to the edges a bit more if he wants to be one of those link players like Glenn Stewart used to be. It's not happening for him, and I'll just I'll just look because he has fallen down a fair bit. Obviously, he's dropped from second to seventeenth. And while we're saying he hasn't had a great season, he's still he, he's the eighth best second rower too. So while it's been disappointing, having him in the team would have still got your points. But who would have picked like Kenny Bromwich? to be higher than him or James Fisher-Harris this year. That's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, and obviously, you know, that that does include names like John Bateman, who, I mean, no one's playing John Bateman in the second row. So, yeah, I think he's not definitely not as bad as the impression. Um, it's just he's not quite hitting the lofty standards that we're used to. Uh, so, I mean, would you trade him out? Would you bench him if you, mm-hmm. I mean, if you had trades? No, I'd probably still play him just because... He, he, you, you can see in the games he's still look. His brother's still looking for him. He's trying all the time, and it's getting towards the end of the season, so he's probably not going to get like we said the attacking stats he had last year. But he, he still might jag a decent try. But I mean, he's not even over sixty in either his three round average or five round average. So you'd have to understand why people would bench him. Plus, you look at it. You look at his run. Canberra, Melbourne, and Para, and that's Para at Bankwest. That you, you could make a argument that you could trade him out, really. Yeah, just to, to borrow a stat from Wenin, um, he, he did a bit of research into this, but apparently um, Jake Trevojevich playing top eight teams, averaging 70. So it's probably a better thing for him when he gets to play the, the better teams where you know the ball stays in play more, base stats will be better. Uh, he's not getting taken off when the game's won. You know, he's not have, he's not being able to bludge because he doesn't need to do anything because, you know, it's they're cruising like they have been the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, we saw the last tough game the, the Seagulls really had was that Storm game, and Jake killed it, you know, just massive base, base stats and high involvement. So, you know, I, I think he's going to go quite well this week against the Raiders, even though the Raiders have been really tough to, for, for teams to score on. I still think, you know, he's going to get in there. He's going to do what he can to get the win. Yeah, I think I, I don't mind um, playing Jake this week. You know, the risk is there. He's going to drop another 50 to 60 score. But uh, the potential is there as well. And, I mean, if you've, if you've got Jason Tamalolo not playing this week, I mean, there's not that many second rollers that you're going to be able to plug in there confidently as well, unless you have... You know the 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 luxury of being being able to play a pod like Kenny Bromwich against the Titans this week, yeah. Which obviously you're gonna do if you have him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so the next name is a bit of a pod still. So Cody Walker, who's who's actually been traded out by a fair few people. Obviously, quite a lot of teams disappointed last week with his twenty-ish uh, point effort against the Bulldogs. Obviously, they probably expected a a better score against the Bulldogs, but 
you know, th- this Bulldogs team is not the Bulldogs team that we were seeing early in the year. So what would you do if you owned Cody Walker? I'd, I'd trade him. He's just uh, the, 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 those other five guys. I, I'm, I'll toss in um, Moses now. So you got Moses, SJ, Cleary, Munster, Ponga. I think you've got to have a combination of those five guys. Cody Walker, he, he's always been streaky. And his best scores come when there's those opportunities like where he just broken play or the ball's on the ground or he's got the defense backpedaling. And just with South, their um, engine room's pretty weak at the minute. They've been missing the Burgess brothers. I think Sam, is Sam named again or is he out still? Yeah, he's named, but um, doubtful, obviously. Yes. So with, without that go forward, uh, the teams are just handling them up the middle and it's not giving their outside backs enough time to create. And so that's affecting him. So if I if I had some trades remaining, I'd get rid of Cody Walker. And like you said, the, the, the big names, Munster, Ponga, Moses, Cleary, SJ, those are the guys you're obviously targeting if you don't have uh, one of them in the halves, right? Yeah, probably. It'd be pretty hard to go past for me. And um, I might be a little bit biased to him, but still, um, Cameron Munster for me is just they've got well they've got the Titans for one this week. Um, although surprisingly, the Titans normally go pretty well against Melbourne, but this Titans team's just putrid. Then they've they they go back to Manly, and that'll be a game they'll be looking for a bit of revenge in. And then finally, North Queensland. So with that run home, it'd it'd be hard for me not to choose Munster to trade in for him if you didn't have him already. Yeah, except the the, the downside is he's 654,900. So I remember two weeks ago, I think I said I had one trade left and about 192 in the bank. And I was uh, just sitting and waiting for my opportunity to trade Milford to Munster. Yeah, that's not happening anymore. I can't afford it in one trade. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's... Uh, not not the greatest planning from me there. I'm sitting here going, I've got one trade that I'll hold off. I don't want to burn it too early in case I get injuries and now I can't get Monster. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, oh, it, that's what it is. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll just have to find a pod somewhere else. Uh, and the last thing I'll talk about, and I feel a bit of, a little bit of a guilty conscience here because we, we did recommend some people to bring in Mike Acevo last week, trying to count on that matchup at Bank West. Only for him to trot out a, a 20-odd score. Not the best, but, I mean, the Eels did go well. They, they scored plenty of points. It just none of it down his side of the field. Yeah, that's a that was unfortunate. He could have easily gone into some of those points there. Again, that, yeah, I was a bit disappointed in that one. But I also said To'o would score a try, and he did that as well, so... Yeah, and we did talk about Wonga Blake uh, two weeks ago, and then the first week it didn't go so well, but then he had a nice 70-plus score this week. That would have yeah. been a nice pod for, for any head-to-head hunters there. And again, it just shows it just shows you the um, volatility of that position. It, it's hard to get a beat on them. The Eels ended up finding out they could just tear him up down the other side, and he just missed out, but... I'd, I'd still wouldn't trade him out. Parramatta have still got a good run home. If I if I was up the top and defending a lead or trying to win some cash in a head-to-head final or something like that, I'd probably sit him. But if you're just chasing the final few ranks to get as high as you can, he's still worth a decent shout because we saw this earlier in the season too, everyone jumping off trying to get as much money as possible that they'd made on him and he came out and put up a 80, 90, 100 point game or whatever it was. So it's it's just the volatility in that position. And I can't see someone I'd, I definitely would bring in over him if you've already got the likes of Luttrell and Bateman and guys like that. So I, I, he's still worth sticking with. Two questions. If you had him, would you double down with him this week? For Thursday night game, Bank West again, Bulldogs. Bulldogs are playing pretty well, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how well they back up. It, it depends who else I'd, I'd have in my team. I'm like I couldn't play him over Bateman. I couldn't play him over Mitchell, but I'd probably give him a crack over someone like if you had Nakora or Sherry in there with him. I'd probably give him a run over 
those guys. They that they they have New Zealand at Shark Park too. So yeah, it's a good matchup. Yeah, no, that might. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll maybe not Sherry, but for the upside, I'd probably give him a run over Nakora, maybe. Yeah, this time Nakora doesn't get to run at Cody Nikarima because uh, CHT's in there now. So. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but Nikora went quite well uh, last time when he got to run in Nikarima, just like yeah. we said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and one of the other boys in Scam, I think, um, just straight captain him that week too. Yeah, good. It was a good call. Yeah. Uh, having said that, though, I mean, you said that there was wasn't anyone you might take a gamble on. I mean, I'm surprised you're not not a uh, bigger fan of uh, either Adokar or Vunvalu with that run home for the Storm. And the matchup they've got this week, uh, I think there's a, quite a few people who are keen on taking a bit of a punt on the fox on that left wing there. Yeah, I, I get, I, I can, and I can understand why. And the Titans are probably worse than the Dogs, but I mean, I could easily see Sevo getting two tries as well, and it not being a massive difference. So I don't know if if I was if I only had one trade left or two trades maybe two I might make it. We're coming close to the end of the season, but definitely not if I only had one trade. I'd be saving it for an injury for the rest of the year. Well, I mean, three rounds left. I'm kind of thinking, just burn it. Why not? There's a limit to how many more injuries that can happen in three weeks, right? <laughs> what about teams resting stars if it's all locked up in the last round? You might be able to have an extra trade up your sleeve to get a... um. A head-to-head win in your final, or yeah, like well, months, I, months throughout last year, I was able to trade in Milford just because I'd saved up that one last trade. So that's a very good point. So I guess yeah, it comes down to: uh, Are you desperate to you know? Do you need to burn the trade to get yourself to that final, or are you happy to try ride it out and and you know crash out on a sudden death uh, week with with trades in hand? But it's a tough call, but uh, you know that's the joys of playing head-to-head, isn't it? Yeah. Look, let's uh, finish up with uh, some questions today. So we kind of answered this one, but it's from Chris at Togs. It's Lolo Acel. Um, I think we both said, yep, legitimately. Uh, but he's looking at getting either Moses or Munster. And I think you've said you, you lean Munster. And I think I'm with you on that one as well. Uh, yeah. Next question comes from actually Patrick at Concrete Hands NZ. Mm-hmm. He says, will Catfish take, out, take down his Pangai Shrine until... He stops being a, a grub. <laughs> Apologising after the fact doesn't excuse it. <laughs> For starters, I don't have a shrine, okay? He's just my display pick on Twitter. But, look, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve some time on the sidelines, and I get that five weeks is because of his loading and carryovers. Um, if he wasn't, you know, suspended for previous weeks, he'd only be looking at the three weeks. Having said that, if you look closely at the tackle, you know, Maloney's... Not tackled, like he's on the ground. Pangos is, he, he, you know, he he falls in towards Maloney, trying to complete the tackle, which he's entitled to do so. And like many players do, he's gone in a little bit hard to try, you know, not not like put put a hit on, but obviously make the player feel it a little. What if you look at the slow mo when he's in the air, Maloney's still like it's just he's going to hit his back, right? And it's just that Maloney happens while Pangai's falling already. He turns towards him, and that's why he contacts the neck and the head, and obviously it becomes a crusher tackle. Uh, if Maloney d- doesn't move, Pangai actually just hits him in the back, and you know it's just a normal tackle, play on basically. Not saying that excuses him at all, because yeah, it is a crusher because that's what happened. Um, but you know, calling him a grub like he doesn't he didn't intend to put him into that position so look i'm not i'm saying he's i'm not saying he's not um guilty of some brand snaps and things like that and i'm really hoping he's going to rub that out of his game next year but you know to, to say he's you know intentionally going out to hurt people by doing the, the crusher i mean compare his tackle to even like um asafa solomona last week he had you know he didn't get pinged for it but it was just a shocking crusher tackle like it was intentional deliberate and you know he, he gets off scot free on it he um, is an angel. How dare he? <laughs> How Sorry, dare I forgot I was talking to a Storm fan. I'm getting off my soapbox now. The, the worst bit about it is just the inconsistencies, like you said. 
I don't, I don't know. They're, they're never going to get it cleaned up. So um, if you whinge about it, get used to it. It's not going to change. Yeah, but, it seems yeah, worse this I, year, though. I'm, I'm with Patrick. I think you should strip it down. You're <laughs> idolising a grub. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> let's, let's move on. <laughs> Next question from Old Mate Smurdo. That's not a bad name. So at Smurden underscore Anthony. Does Cleary and Lolo to Munster and Mau make sense? I see Munster having better matchups for the run home. I've got SJ Moses Ponga as my other halves. This will leave me with one trade and five grand. I like it. Yeah, me too. I mean, I I'd, I'd, I don't like getting rid of Cleary, but I think Munster will outscore him, and Mau should definitely outscore Tamalolo. So, yeah, it's Especially good. if he sits this week, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At when in Rome, should JT captain Morgan again? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I already, re- I already replied to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so at Kirsty underscore Brody, uh, she needs a front row forward or a second row forward. She's got Haas, Andrew Fafita, Jake Dravojevic, Murray, and JFH. Would you go Clemmer, Fanua Blake, or Papali? She also needs a center wing. She's got Mitchell, Mau, Bateman, Gutho, and Nakora, and she wants a special for the last three rounds who scores well in the last three I'm uninspired beyond the first three players. So I guess Mitchell, Moe, and Bateman, yeah. I'm not very inspired by Guthrie and Nakora lately either. Um, so let's start with the forwards. Clemmer, Fanua, Blake, or Papali? Probably, well, Canberra on a bit of a roll. They want to go keep it going. Maybe Papali. Though, like I, like I said, if you wanted to take a pun on, a, if she's got dual position, even, like I said, Barnett might be a sneaky pod in there. But out yeah. of those three, Papali. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. I mean, Clemmer, you're going to get your safe 60, 65, 70 score. For Neil Blake, I just I struggle with the inconsistency in minutes. Uh, I know he's gone really well this year, and he's I, I, have, I have to say he's surpassed my expectations. Uh, otherwise, you know, I wouldn't have traded him out earlier in the season. No, um, but... I had him as a um, those articles at the start of the year. I had him in there. Yeah, one of your champion's choice champions ones, right? choice, that's right. Yeah, but you traded but, him out too. Come on. <laughs> well, that's because... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, he did He did go a lot better. Those attacking stats he's been getting up the middle, just if he had a bigger motor, next year it would be insane trying to pick between him and Tapao and Fafita and Haas. So it, it's just his motor. It, it, yeah, he's definitely done better than I expected. I'll, I'll admit that. <laughs> I, like he's not—he's not a bad shout. I'd—I'd I'd probably prefer both of those guys over Clemmer just because they've got that ability to get to the try line. Clemmer's just that straight up and down runner, makes his meters quick, play the balls, but he—he he doesn't really have that try scoring push close. So yeah, but look, Clemmer hasn't scored yet this year, right? Do you believe that in the last couple of rounds, the teams try get them over the line so they can avoid the nudie run? Because um, if you do, then you should get Clemmer because he's got to score, hopefully, in the next I, three weeks. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I honestly don't think teams really consider it till the end of the year. Maybe if they're in the top four and they're sitting pretty, but Newcastle are still fighting for a spot in the eight. So Yeah, they're going to play properly. <laughs> yep. All right, and then center wing. So she wants a special for the last three rounds. Who scores well in the last three? Look, I threw out Adokar and, and Vunavalu, Titans and Cowboys um, this week, and then the last week. That's yeah, that's a great, great little run there. Anybody else that you can think of that you think is worth a shout? Nah, that that they're pretty good shouts. Two two out of three games are pretty good, and then the um. The other game they've got is Manly at Lotto Land, and they'll be looking to avenge that loss they took down at Amy Park. So, yeah, they're, if, if, they're, they're as good a shout as anyone if you're looking to bring people in for three rounds. Yeah, I think Adokar probably would be my pick because from memory, and I'd probably want to double-check this, but I think the Manly right wing, so Ruben Garrick and Moses Sully, they're, they're not the best defenders, and they seem to leak a lot of points to the left try scorer. Sorry, the left wing often getting tries down that edge. So um, Adokar probably would be slightly ahead of Vunavalu for me. Yeah, plus he's on Munster's side, and Munster will be commanding a lot of the ball. So more ball, more opportunity to score. Yep, that's fair. 
from at Butsy Triple Eight. Oh, he thought he was going to be too late for the pod. Nah, you got in, mate. Uh, he's got a head-to-head question. I should already know the answer to. Can your opponent see changes you make from the time you make them, captain and reserves, etc.? I think they do. From memory, they used to, for sure. You could change your captain and that wouldn't show up until later. Um, like, like it's not instant. Like It's not like they're sitting there refreshing their, their screen and up and see it instantly. But I think you know they do update fairly regularly and, and they will be able to see changes that you make. But I do think it, it's only after after the first lockout, right, than when it starts? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, th- I think you might be right. I, I'd, I'd, have, you'd, I'd have to check with someone. Sorry, I, can't, I don't know the answer to that one. Yeah. Look, if I'm not mistaken, I think once the first, the round, the first game kicks off, uh, you should be able to see live what their team looks like. Uh, and, yeah, it, it would, it'll update periodically. I don't think it's, like, you know, live the moment you take your reserve off, like they're going to instantly see what you've done. But it, it does update pretty regularly from what I'm aware of. But, yeah, I mean, I my days of being a head-to-head specialist were a couple of years ago, so I haven't, you know, been really focusing on much of that in recent years. The the best thing to do, though, is if, if, you watch, if, if you're watching the footy and you've got time before it is, just leave it on some nafty bloke who's definitely not going to captain and right before the game that you want to put your captain on, choose him. But um, again, when we're this close, it looks like there's a lot of people captain and the same people. So, I mean, if your opponent's got it on the captain of your choice, you may as well just chuck it on and leave it there. It won't really make a difference. All right. And then at FPL underscore Kego, who do I trade out? Most Cleary, Ponga, SJ to bring in Munster. I'd say not Ponga or SJ, so it'll be between Moses and Cleary for me. Yeah, and probably Cleary. The Parrots got the better run home, and the Panthers just aren't that good right now. No, that like they they should have played a better game against the Broncos with the top eight spot on the line. Yeah, I mean they lost to the Broncos. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Is it worth trading Cook or McInnes to Smith? McInnes, yes. Cook, no. Yeah, no, I think I agree with that. I can't believe people like people are talking about being disappointed in Cook. I mean, he had a five-round average of 73. He's just scored 82 this week. Um, he's got like two 50s, yeah, in the past six weeks, but that's still a, a you know a, a six-round average of 75 or whatever. Like, I'm not trading that out. No and, way. Yeah, and the McInnes, I mean, the Dragons have nothing to play for. So... You know, he's still trying hard and making plays and stuff, but yeah, it's going to fall away soon enough, if not already. And he's, I mean, sitting second on the overall points ladder, and you're disappointed in him. It's, it, it, it's a long game. It's not just, oh, I mean, unless you're head to head, but there's, yeah, there's no way I'm trading now. Cool. Who is the best Storm settling to bring in? I, I think we've already answered that. All right. Um, having said that, he's posted up his team. In the centre wing, it's got Latrell, Maru, Bateman, Nakora, Gutho, Shandell Earl, and uh, Jared Addison, obviously two nofs there. So, yeah, look, I think Adokar, Vunavalu, both are, are going to be good shouts. I wouldn't bring in any of the centres. Although Olam's been pretty good lately. Yeah, he's he's been pretty good, but, I mean, he's still only pumping out a three-round average of 48, five-round of 45. So I'd, I'd still like the upside a bit more of the Fox. Yeah, of course. Um, but if you're desperate for a real pod, I mean, he scored last week, so he couldn't be all right. Yeah, he's starting to look good. When he first came in, I'd, 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 I knew he was decent, but he's starting to turn into a really solid player. It's the Bellamy effect. Oh, crazy. You know it. <laughs> anyway, look, we probably should wrap it up there. So... Thanks again to everyone for listening. Uh, thanks for your obviously subscribing, uh, your ratings and reviews. Um, it all helps us. And um, obviously, you know, it, reviews can help us to, to know what to improve. Uh, shout out to all of our champs who are on our Patreon. You know, we, we're coming to the end of the season, but uh, we've obviously got lots planned for the off season in terms of NFL and other stuff. So uh, we'll definitely continue pumping through with that. Um, so look, yeah, good luck with your last decisions. We've got three rounds to go, so let's all come home strong uh, and, and finish strongly for hopefully your best um, overall rank or, or your best um, head-to-head league wins where possible. Have a good one, guys.